Turn with me, please, to John, the 14th chapter. Then we'll be turning to the front part of John. John 14, verse 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Boy, what a great word. The Amplified of this says, I will uh, show myself to him, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Well, anybody that knows the Lord at all knows this. Once you've had a taste of him, you want more. Right, you you want more. And instead of just begging God, oh God, you know, I want to know you more. I, I want you to be real to me, you know. Show yourself to me. Manifest yourself to me. He never told us to do that. Hmm? That'd be easier than doing this. He told us what to do, and he would manifest himself to us. So we're acting on these words in faith. I want us to do it individually, and I want us to do it as a church. We're going through the words of Jesus in the book of John, but all the Bible are his words. And if we love him, how will we know it, and how will others know it? We'll keep his words. We'll receive them. We'll treasure them. We'll reverence them. We'll remember them, and we'll do them. We'll put them into practice. That proves you love him. And what will happen when you do that? He will reveal himself, manifest himself, make himself real to you. And what do we care more about than that? I mean, that's just him being twice as real to us in the services as he has been. Him being three times as real to you at home. And in your car than he has been. Does it get any more important than that? Well, we're not waiting on him. Then let's find out. What did he say? And are we doing it? Go to the third chapter of John. We've looked through, you know, after several weeks here, two chapters. (laughs) And we have reached the wonderful third chapter of John. And you got quite a few red letters in this chapter. So let me read it and let's get into it. Chapter 3, John. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, red letters, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now for the next several verses, he talks about Being born again. And uh, you know sometimes you assume people know what this is and what it means. But there are millions that don't. And there are millions that are not born again. But it just doesn't get any more important than this. Does it? So I want you to stay awake now. Focus. Because somebody may need to know about this. Before the day's out. And I may not be there to preach it to them. And it's going to be on you. Right? You have to know how to preach this whole message. But you need to know what it means to be born again. And how to help somebody else. To be born again. Keep reading. Down in verse uh, 4. Nicodemus said to him. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
In other words, he can't, can he? (laughs) See, when you're natural, you only think natural. You don't see spiritual. You know, Jesus, that happened with him and his disciples just almost on a regular basis. He'd say something like he said, you know, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they got over in the corner and said, I knew we should have brought more bread. (laughs) We didn't bring enough bread. He said, no, no. The leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. And he's thinking spiritually, they're thinking naturally. That still happens today all the time, doesn't it? The more natural you are, you try to make everything natural. And Nicodemus, even though he is a ruler of the Jews, he's a man that has a lot of knowledge of the law and the scripture. Still, he's not been born again, and he is very, very natural. And so he sees everything through natural eyes and tries to make it natural. He says, how in the world could you be born again? He's thinking totally natural. Listen to what Jesus says. He said, Verily I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So he's contrasting and comparing now the natural birth, which is born of water, And born of flesh to the spiritual birth. Is there a spiritual birth? And is it just as real as natural birth? Oh yes. Yes. Spiritual birth. So being born again is a spiritual birth. And he says, verse 7, marvel not. That I said to you, you must be born again. Say that phrase out loud. You must be born again. Say it again. You must be born again. One more time. You must be born again. If you look up the Greek language here, it's even plainer. The Weiss translation brings this out. It says, it is necessary... In the nature of the case, for all of you to be born again. That's born out in the Greek. It is necessary in the nature of the case for all of you to be born again. Do you believe the words of Jesus? Now, as I go on further, that's going to be challenged. Because there are many and varied ideas about this throughout the world. And there are a variety of things that are taught in mosques and temples and churches. And there are a variety of things that are taught at universities and colleges and schools. But you've got to make up your mind as to whether what Jesus said is right or not. And if it's right, then it's true that everybody. Someone say everybody. Everybody. All, it is necessary for all of you to be born again. Now we're talking about the words of Jesus. And these are them. Red letters. Say it again. You must be born again. Didn't say you should be. Didn't say you could be. He didn't say you have the opportunity of being. There's only one option from being born again. Not two, not three. Only one. And that is being lost. Are y'all with me now? There's only one option. If you're going to be saved, there is no option. Except to believe on Jesus. And receive Jesus. And be born again. I'm quoting Jesus, am I not? I'm quoting the head of the church. Say it again. You must be born again. Must means, literally, it is necessary. And that's why we says it like that. It is necessary in the nature of the case for all of you to be born again. 
Now, what exactly is the new birth? Go to 1 John. You can hold your place here for a bit. But go to 1 John, the fifth chapter. While you're turning there, say it again. You must must be born again. again. 1 John 5. What does it mean to be born of God? Born again. What happens? How does that happen? 1 John 5 and verse 1. 1 John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believes. So who does this work for? Anybody. Anybody. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat loves him that's begotten of him. How are you born of God? In fact, born of God is the same phrase that's in John, born again. A lot of your text will say, uh, margins will say, born from above. And it's all talking about the same experience. Born again, born from above, born of God, is all talking about the spiritual birth. Just as real as when you were born physically. It's how you got into your family. (laughs) You were born into your family. And it's exactly how you get into the family of God. Now, humanity can be divided into numerous groups, depending on what you're talking about. I mean, you can talk about Jews, you can talk about Gentiles, you can talk about the church, you can talk about Asian, Hispanic, African American, different groups, you can talk about, you know, culture, you can talk about gender, but... When it comes to spiritual families, there are only two. Only two. Not three. Not four. Somebody say two. When it comes to spiritual families, there are only two. It's very important that you get this straight now. Because there's a lot of varied teachings around. There are only two families, and there are only two fathers. And the way you get into the family of God is you are born into the family of God. You don't join the family of God. (laughs) Did you hear me? You don't earn or work your way into the family of God. You're born into the family of God spiritually just like you're born into your natural family. And how does it happen? How can a man or woman be born into the family of God? Born of God. We got the scripture right here. What does it say? What do you do? Oh, I get excited when I think about this. You believe what? You believe that Jesus is the Christ. You believe. So it hinges on what you do with Jesus. Doesn't it? Jesus is everything. I said he's everything. There is salvation in no other name. Is it true? Some have backed off of preaching Jesus. And they preach other things. But friend, except for Jesus, you and I shouldn't be having service this morning. We got no reason to have a church. We got no reason to be a ministry. Did you hear me now? He is everything. Everything. And nobody can be saved without Him. Nobody. Nobody. Now, go with me to John, the 8th chapter. Let's verify the statement we just made in the Scripture. John 8. John, the 8th chapter, 
the scripture said down in, later in the chapter about verse uh, 41 Jesus said to them and these were the leaders of the Jews he said you do the deeds of your father now back up to verse 39 and they had said Abraham is our father and Jesus said if you were Abraham's children you'd do the works of Abraham in verse 41 he said you do the deeds of your father That made them mad because they said, we're not born of fornication. We got one father, even God. Now they're saying that their father is God because of who their natural father is. Now Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In the first chapter of John, he talked about people being born not of blood, not of flesh, not of the will of man. Nobody is saved because of a natural birth. Just because your parents are Christians and born again doesn't mean you're saved because you're their child. Nobody will be saved because of their family, their tribe, their nationality, their citizenship, nobody will be saved because of a natural birth or because of their natural fathers. You must be born again. You know, there's people who believe they're Christians because they're American. Do you know that? You say, Are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm an American. <laughs> no. You must be born again. You know, others were trying to tell Jesus, they say, uh, well, he told them, he said, don't say that you're Abraham's seed. God's able to raise up children from these stones. Now, notice what he said. He said, you're of your father. Made them mad. Because they said, Abraham's our father. Tell me how many spiritual families there are in the earth. Two and only two. Now you can divide humanity up in different groups depending on what you're talking about. But there are only two spiritual families. And uh, Jesus said, if God were your father, you'd love me. (laughs) Now this is a precursor of what we're going to get into in just a minute. If anybody really does know the father, they will love Jesus. If God were your father, you would love me, because I proceeded forth and came from God. Verse 44, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He's talking to religious leaders of the Jews, and he tells them. Now these are people that are claiming to keep the law. These are people that are teaching the law and the prophets. And he says, you are of your father the devil. There are just two families in the earth. And unless you're born again, the devil is your father. And you're in that family. Now, I know people don't like it, this narrow. But it's how it is. And if a person does not love the Lord Jesus and believe in Him, they are not your brother. They are not your sister. Some groups try to teach the universal family and that God is the Father of everybody and that we're all brothers and sisters. It's not true. I said it's not true. Jesus said to some of the most religious people of His day, You're of your father the devil. Made them mad. It still makes people mad today. If you're not born again. And tell me how you get born again. You got to believe on Jesus. Only way to be born again. You got to believe on him. And receive him and confess him. If you're not born again. You're of your father the devil. Someone said, what about all the religions of the world? 
Hmm? What about all the religions of the world? Because many people claim to know God and have God, but they reject Jesus. Many different groups. Is it possible that anyone or someone can have God and know God the Father and reject Jesus? Well, let's look at the Bible. You've got people's ideas. You've got people's opinions. And then you've got the Bible. Go to 1 John, the second chapter. Can you have God without Jesus? Now, a bunch of you said no. Do you realize how many millions of folk you just crossed when you said that? (laughs) Billions. Billions of people that you just said are in the family of Satan. People who go to synagogue, people who go to temple, people who go to mosques, people who go to churches regularly. Did you hear me? You just got through saying they're not saved and won't be saved. Now again, you got what people think and what they say and you got this. And we got to decide what we believe. Now, what's this whole series about? Keeping the words of Jesus. What did Jesus say? You must be born again. You must be. Must be. Must be. How do you get born again? We read it in Scripture. You believe on Jesus. There's no other way to be born again. You got to believe on Him. You got to believe that He was born of a virgin. You got to believe that He lived and portrayed the perfect life. You got to believe that He died and laid down His life as the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, and bore all the sins of the world. And that He's been raised from the dead, is alive right now. And he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. King of kings. Lord of lords. Soon to come again. Glory to God. And nobody who rejects that is going to be okay. Nobody. No one. There is salvation in no other name. The question we're dealing with right now is can a person be saved believing in God without Jesus? Can you be saved ignoring and rejecting the name of Jesus and say, I'm going to be saved in the name of Jehovah. I'm going to be saved in the name of Yahweh. And people have other names for God in different religions. And a whole lot of people try to tell us, well, you know, it's the same God. Just people have different ways of worshiping Him. And really, they're just one God. And we're all brothers and sisters if we just admit it. Not true. Not true. true. There are two families. Not three. Two. And it's real simple. Unless you're born again, you're in the wrong family. Now, can you have the Father without the Son? 1 John 2. 1 John 2 and 22. 1 John 2, 22 says, Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. Whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. He that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. If you don't receive Jesus, can you have the Father? No, you cannot. 
You can claim to, but you don't. 1 John 5, turn over there. 1 John 5 and 10. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. Do you? Do you? I know a lot of you do. When I start talking about Jesus, you start coming alive. You start going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's everything. He's everything. Without him, nothing. And you got that witness in yourself. When you believe in Jesus, you know he's everything. Has the witness in himself. He that believes not God has made him a liar or called him a liar because he believes not the record that God gave of his son. God the Father is the one who said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And it just don't work for you to say, Well, no, I like you, Father, but I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe he's the one. I don't receive him. But I want to stay hooked with you. You just, whether you realized it or not, you called God a liar. He said Jesus is the only way to him. Doesn't work. Keep reading. Verse 11. This is the record, or that's the same words for witness. This is the record or witness that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Well, then how could you get eternal life any other way if eternal life is in his son? You can't. You're not. Verse 12. He that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not life. Go to 2 John. You're close by there. Maybe just over a page or so. Second John, the ninth verse. Whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Christ, what does the scripture say? Has not God. Can you have God without Jesus? This is our third verse we've read that says you don't. You can't. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. Does that make you happy or not? Some of you looking at me like you don't know if you like this or not. I am reading the Bible, my brother. Come on now. It's true. Well, I just have thought this. Well, you're thinking it's not where it's at. Well, so-and-so said this. Well, what scripture did they base it on? No. If you don't believe in Jesus, you don't have the Father. Hmm? If you don't receive Jesus, you don't have eternal life. I know there are millions upon millions that say they have God and know God. And yet, they believe Jesus was just a man. Maybe he's a prophet. He's a good man. He taught good things. He's a good example for us all. But no, they don't believe he is the one. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah who was to come. He is the fulfillment of all prophecies and all scripture and the plan of God. And he was born of a virgin and never sinned and raised from the dead. And his holy blood is on the altar for our sins. They don't believe that. No, no, no. But we love God. Well, I'm sorry you don't have God. And you can't have God without Jesus. What did Jesus say in John 14? Turn there and look at it. John 14. A lot of you know it. A lot of you could quote it. John 14 and 6. Some more red letters. John 14 and 6, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am one of many ways. (laughs) Huh? 
I'm one way. Buddha's one way. Huh? Confucius and Muhammad's one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. Who? Does this include every tribe, every kindred, every nationality, everybody in every generation? Does it include everybody? If Jesus says no man, what does it mean? It means nobody comes to the Father, but how? By me. In other words, you are not getting to God the Father except you come through me. Nobody is. So either this is wrong and millions of people do have a relationship with God while denying Jesus or he's right and millions of people are lost while being religious. This is serious. I said this is serious. You know, someone came to Jesus one time and they asked him. They said, Lord, are there just a few that are saved? Do you remember that? Are there few that are saved? Luke 13, you don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. Luke 13, 23. They said, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said to them, Luke 13, 24, strive to enter in the straight gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Matthew 7 says it like this, Matthew 7, 13, enter at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way. That would accommodate a lot of people. A big, broad way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Many are going where? Jesus said many are on a broad way going to destruction. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life and few there be that find it. Now, When you talk about few, it's a relative term. There are millions of us, but there are billions on the planet. Jesus said, I am the way. He also said, I am the door. What is the straight gate and the narrow way? Jesus. Jesus is the only gate. He's the only door. He's the only way to the Father, to salvation, to eternal life. The only way. The only way. Only way for everybody. No exceptions. Everybody. I think it's very serious that some are implying or leaving the idea that some people can be saved Without believing in Jesus. He says, well, what if you're wrong, Brother Keith? Well, if I'm wrong and more people are saved than we thought, glory to God. But what if you're wrong? And you're giving somebody comfort that they're okay without Jesus. And they die without Him. And are lost for eternity. I know of no reason to believe That anybody is going to be okay without Jesus. I know of no scripture. I am reading scripture. Are you seeing it this morning? I am reading scripture. That you can't have God without Jesus. You can't come to the Father without Jesus. You can't be saved without Jesus. You can't get in the family of God without Jesus. Somebody say it out loud. Jesus. 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 He's everything. He's everything. 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 I get stirred up. (laughs) 
when you start talking about Jesus. And uh, I know, you know, he was here a long time before I got here. And he doesn't need me to defend him. He's so big. But I, I get put out when people start disrespecting him. And when they start acting like he's not essential. And he's not required. And implying our people saying that he was, you know, just a man. I can't tolerate that in my own thinking. Did you hear me? I have no room for that. Some things we can be tolerant about. You know, you say, well, I don't believe in prosperity like you do. Okay. We can all be saved in brothers. You can be poor and I can be wealthy. (laughs) We can love each other. Go to heaven together. So, well, I don't believe in healing like you do. Okay. All right. You know, we can still be brothers. We can love each other. We can go to heaven together. I can be healed and you can be sick. But if you don't believe in Jesus, you're not my brother. It don't mean I don't love you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believe on him would what? Not perish. So what's going to happen to people that don't believe in him? They're going to perish. Everybody that doesn't believe in him? Everybody is going to perish that doesn't believe in him? It's true. I said it's true. Some don't like it, but it's true. Look with me. While we're on this subject, let's look at it for a bit. Go to uh, John 8. John 8. Who's going to be okay without Jesus? Nobody. Nobody. Jesus said, you must be born again. John 8, 24. Jesus said, I said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins. Now he's talking to Jewish people, but it applies to all peoples. For if, are you there with me in John 8, 24? If you believe not that I am he, You shall die in your sins. If you don't believe that I am the one, that I am He, I am the Messiah, I am the Christ. If you don't believe that, what's going to happen to them? You will die in your sins. Go to Hebrews 10, and I want you to see just how strong this really is. You may think I'm being strong about it, but you're going to see a... Just how strong it is. I didn't write these things. Aren't you glad you believe in him? What's part of our job? Help other people. Find out about him. I'm believing God. That he's going to show me and show you. How we can reach more people. Hmm? That don't know him. We're reaching some. Thank God. There's a number of people been born again since this church began. Some of you in the service right now. A few years ago, you were just as lost as could be. Didn't know, didn't care. But uh, there are so many. I said there are so many that don't know him yet. That don't believe on him. And they're not okay. And they're not going to be okay. They need to know about him. And we don't have to go around in fear We don't have to go around trying to push Jesus down people's throat. But he needs to be so real to us. And we need to be so full of him that it just comes out without us thinking about it. And they see his reality and we don't hesitate for one millisecond to tell them about the new birth and tell them about Jesus, the Redeemer. It should just be a normal thing that people are getting saved all around about us. Like popcorn popping. Shouldn't it? And one reason I believe the Lord has us talking about this, we need to be stirred up about the seriousness of this situation. Because people can kind of get into a lull into thinking, well, you know, they're nice people and, 
And uh, you know, they're okay. If they don't believe in Jesus, they are not okay. They are not remotely okay. They'll die in their sins. Hebrews 10. This is written to the Hebrews. But it applies to all peoples. Hebrews 10 and 26. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth. Now if you read the whole passage you'll see he's talking about the knowledge of the truth of who Jesus is. And what he is. There remains no more sacrifice for sins. If you reject Jesus, where else can you get your sins taken care of? There is nowhere else. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. What do you have to look forward to? He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer, more severe punishment, suppose you, shall he be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace? We know him that has said, Vengeance belongs to me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now when people read that, they think, Oh man, you know, I'd never do that. I don't know of anybody that has done that. You do know people that have done that. What do you mean? When a person says Jesus is not the Christ, that's what they're doing. When a person says, no, he's just a man, that makes his blood unholy. Just a man. Just blood like any other man. When I say that, does that bother you? It should bother you. It should bother you to your core. Something should rise up inside you and say, no, no, he's not just a man. His blood is holy. Holy, his blood is holy, holy, trodden underfoot the Son of God. What does that mean? Treated him like he is inconsequential, treated him like he is unnecessary, treated him like he is optional, not required, just a man. See, how could those soldiers crucify him? They saw him as just another criminal. How could they shed his spotless blood? They didn't see it as holy blood. And so the millions that look at Jesus as just a man and not the Messiah, they are trotting underfoot. They're treating him common. They're treating the blood unholy. And they have judgment to look forward to. They're demonstrating if they had been there at the cross, they would have done the same thing. Whether passively or actively, that is said he's just a man. He's not just a man. He's a man, but he's not just a man. He's the man. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's the man. There are not many different gods, and there's not many different ways to the one God. The Bible said there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, the man, Christ Jesus. Only one way. Somebody say only one way. Only one way. You must be born again. Revelation 20, I'm glad I am. Are you glad you are? And let's get as many people with us as we can, right? Let's. Revelation 20. Do we need to be evangelistic? Oh. Oh. Do we need to reach out to folks? And say, are you saved? <laughs> do you know the Lord? Do you believe in Jesus? You know, don't do it out of fear. Don't, you know, be led. 
But be ready. Always be ready. Always be ready to give an answer of the hope that's in you. Right? Always be ready. On the ready. All Anybody just, you know, just give you that much of an opening. <laughs> now, if they don't want to hear it and they shut you down, you're not going to help things by trying to push it down them anyway. That ain't going to help. Don't do that. They'll just not want to be around you. But if they just open the door, just, 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 you can see a little bit of light coming through the side. Then you go, oh, oh, you want to know about Jesus? <laughs> oh, you got to know about Jesus. Oh, you got to know. He's the only way, you know. He's the only way. Only way to be saved. Only way. Only way to get out of the family of Satan. Only way. There is no other family but these two. Look at how this thing's going to wind up in Revelation 20. Revelation 20 and verse 11. The Lord let John see far into the future. And he let him see in the Spirit. And let him see what's about to happen to all of us. And verse 11, he said, I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. He is awesome. He is so holy. He is so pure. Nobody can approach to him. I didn't take the time, and we don't need to necessarily take the time right now. But in that same chapter, and in other places in John, it says, If you don't believe on Jesus, the wrath of God abides on you. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. All you got to do to be lost is to be born into this world and grow up like everybody else does. And you will sin and you will be lost. The thing is, who's going to get saved? Out of this whole bunch that is lost and on this broad way going to destruction. No. The wrath of God is abiding on those that don't receive Him. And no man can stand before Him. He, I'm talking about the Father and before His holy throne. He's too pure. He's too righteous. Nobody can approach to Him in your own works and in your doing good deeds and anything like that. There's only one way you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Only one way. Only one way. Because you have been washed from all your sins and impurities and defilement by the blood of the Lamb. And you have been robed in Jesus' very own righteousness that He gave you. That's the only way you and I can ever come before God the Father. And notice what He said. He said, I saw this throne. I saw the the one sitting on this throne. And everything fled away from Him. And I saw the dead. Small and great, that's everything from kings to beggars, stood before God, and the books were opened. How many believe this is going to happen just as surely as you're sitting here? And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Who's in that book? Who? Who? <laughs> Who is it? You know, on one occasion, Jesus gave authority to his disciples, you remember? And they went out and they cast out devils and healed the sick. And they came back and they said, Jesus, even the devils are subject to us in your name. This is a Keith Moore paraphrase. Now, he said, boys, that's great. That is great. But let me tell you something that you ought to really be rejoicing about. You're talking about something to rejoice about. He said, you ought to rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now that, that, whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Those who believe on Him. Those who are born again. Those He knew would be. Knowing the end from the beginning. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. 
And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Who's going to be saved? Only those who are in the book of life. What about everybody else? If your name is not found in the book of life, what happens to you? There are no exceptions. There are no groups that are excluded. You have to add to the scripture to say that there are. Only those, whoever was not found, written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Friend, here's the good news. We're still alive. (laughs) We're still in this life. We still have some time. Even if it's just the next few moments. That's enough time to be born again. Isn't it? (laughs) And all your relatives you know that's not dead yet. And all your friends that you know that's not dead yet. There's still time. There's still opportunity. There's still space to repent. Are they okay without Jesus? No, no, that's not something for you to mourn over or or get in fear about or get in unbelief. All that's just unbelief. Nope. What you need to do is get in faith about it. What? Get in faith that God will send laborers across their path. And if you're not the one, he'll find somebody they'll listen to, right? And if they don't listen to them, he'll bring somebody else. And if they don't respond the first three times, he'll bring them to them another 30 times. Whatever, as long as there's breath, there's hope. Yes, sir. Right? And as long as there's breath, there's time. Yes, but we don't need to be nonchalant. We don't need to leave the idea that somebody might be okay without Jesus. Because it's just not true. This is true. You must, must be born again. Everybody stand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Oh, who do we love? We love Jesus. Oh, we love Jesus. We love Jesus. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.